Sunday night football. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage. And he's lost. Mills got a trace. Hello and welcome into the podcast. It's NFL Picks with Gabe. Uh, it is an everything burrito production as always. Welcome to the week 13 edition. Uh, we got a lot of games to get to. Uh, before we get there, we just want a uh, quick update about last week. We went 8-6 and six against the spread, real solid, and 11-3 and three straight up. Uh, so we like those numbers. That's good. Brings us to a 103 and 51 straight up record and a 78 and 77 record, uh, against the spread for the season. All right. So we're going to improve on those numbers. No doubt about it. We keep, we keep bouncing back this year. It's good. Let's, uh, let's talk matchups here. Week 13, Cincinnati at Miami is the first one up. And when we're talking Cincinnati, you got to keep in mind, this is Joe Burrow list Cincinnati. Uh, this is, uh, no running game Cincinnati because Joe Mixon is gone. So while they still have some talented wide receivers here, this is a tough offense to get going, even though Tyler Boyd and AJ Green uh, and T Higgins are all still present. Um, it's it's hard out there for them because they don't have anybody to get them the ball. Uh, Miami's a good defensive team. They've got great uh, DBs out there. We've talked all season about that, how Xavier Howard is kind of a shutdown corner and Byron Jones is having an outstanding year as well. Um, so so Miami's got some nice uh, players in the outside and, and even up front, um, Miami is getting Christian Wilkins back and uh, Chris, Christian Wilkins back for this game. Uh, so that's a huge thing. Uh, we don't know who's starting at quarterback here for Miami uh, in recent weeks. Actually, it's um, it's been Ryan Fitzpatrick starting in place of Tua Tagovailoa last week, and the week before that, Tagovailoa got benched in favor of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, not really sure who's suiting up at uh, at quarterback. Not really sure who's in there at running back either. Could be Gaskin. Uh, could be Salvin Ahmed. We're not sure. Um, but the one thing we don't know about the Miami Dolphins is that they're coached by Brian Flores. He's going to have this team uh, ready to play, and they're going to be looking good against the Cincinnati team. That you know, really, without Burrow, they they've lost their swag a little bit. Now I, I get it; they came within two points of beating the Giants last week. But uh, for one, that's the Giants, and then for two, um, Daniel Jones was out for uh, some of that contest. So that was Colt McCoy finishing that one. Uh, probably would have been an uglier result anyway. But in this one, the, the Dolphins are 11 and a half point favorites. That is just a lot of points to lay with this Dolphins team that, you know, they're a good team, but they play a defensive game. That That's their main strength. And I really think even in this one, I, I really, really like the Dolphins, obviously, to win this game. But I'm not sure 11 and a half points is just too much, too many points to spot here. So I'm taking the Dolphins 24 Bengals 14, Miami to win this one by 10. Um, but with that, Cincinnati covers that 11 and a half point spread. So taking the Dolphins to win straight up, Cincinnati to cover the spread. Uh, Detroit at Chicago is our next game on the list. Uh, Detroit is a team that has lacked some firepower in recent weeks. And again, injuries are such a tough thing in this league because we don't know who's suiting up. We don't know who's going to be 100% for this one. Three key injuries that we've been watching for Detroit. Um, you got Kenny Galladay, who's been out for several games. Galladay is the, the straw that stirs the drink for this Detroit team. He's a big deal. Uh, DeAndre Swift has been uh, a scratch for the last few games with a concussion. 
Swift is a dynamic playmaker. He's one of the few guys on this Lions team that really scares opposing defenses. It's a big drop-off between DeAndre Swift and, and then having Adrian Peterson and Carrion Johnson. So Detroit really relies on, on these guys. And, and then, of course, the, the third key injury that we're talking about is uh, Matthew Stafford, uh, who, who hasn't been 100% these past few weeks. Um, you know, so all of this is a projecting. You got to project whether or not, you know, are they going to be healthy? What if they're not? How are they looking? And you're going up against a Chicago team that got dismantled by a very talented Packers squad. Um, Chicago starting Mitchell Trubisky in that one. Akeem Hicks was out of the game, but they got dismantled. And you're going up against Detroit who, you know, look, they're they're under interim coach Daryl Bevel now that they've moved on from Matt Patricia. And this Detroit team might have a little extra juice for those reasons, and I think they'll have a little extra juice because likely either DeAndre Swift or Kenny Galladay will be coming back, and Stafford is a week more healthy. Plus, you got Mitchell Trubisky on the other side of the ball that's definitely going to throw you some interceptions. I'm not saying Detroit has great DBs. It doesn't really matter. Mitchell Trubisky is like the second coming of Jay Cutler in Chicago. He's going to throw you some picks. So... In this one, Chicago, while they have a good defense, okay, they do, um, but their offense is so anemic that that it kind of overrules that. Chicago's three and a half point favorites in this one. Uh, I really, I expect Detroit to win this straight up. So I'm taking the Lions 22, uh, Bears 17, uh, Lions uh, covering that three and a half point spread and getting the straight up victory. New Orleans at Atlanta. Uh, we saw this matchup just a couple weeks ago. The Saints annihilated the Falcons. The Falcons got curb stomped. And I really can't understand why we think we're going to see anything different in this game. There's really not a whole lot different happening here. Obviously, Taysom Hill continues to step in uh, for Drew Brees. And, you know, Hill didn't look great last week against Denver, but they didn't need him to be great. At this point, the New Orleans Saints defense is absolutely dominant. And that's really the key factor here. Last time the Falcons looked absolutely incapable of scoring on the Saints defense. I can't imagine how things would really change. Plus, uh, the Falcons really had no way to stop Hill from running as a uh, quarterback. And we're seeing that week to week. Hill had two touchdown runs, both of his first uh, two starts. And I think you're seeing him probably getting more and more comfortable throwing the ball, especially since Atlanta's secondary not as frightening as Denver's secondary. So, this is a pretty easy one to me. Um, definitely going to take New Orleans to win this one. I'm going to take Saints 31, Falcons 16. Um, New Orleans two and a half point favorites, so we got them easily covering that. And, uh, you know, looking better and better with Taysom Hill at quarterback. Michael Thomas, of course, continues to, to get reacclimated to the team. You know, Emmanuel Sanders is a nice weapon there. Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray has been running great, uh, rugged. Uh, between the tackles kind of running there so yeah just I don't see a way that this Falcons team can really rise to the occasion and uh, and cover two and a half points or, or, or really make this one close uh, let's talk Jacksonville at Minnesota the Jaguars uh, interesting thing here uh, Jake Luton started a few games in place of Gardner Minshew and then last week you saw Mike Glennon going for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, Glennon's not a a great quarterback, but he's okay. He's a veteran backup, and he makes the Jags look a lot better 
than they did under Jake Luton. So uh, that's good news for the Jaguars. And really, probably the thing that Jacksonville has going most for them is running back James Robinson. Robinson is a steamroller of a back. He's capable of catching a pass out of the backfield. He's one of these guys that's going to easily break some arm tackles. And he can get into the open field from time to time. And he's got a little, little second gear there. So James Robinson, very impressive UFA. And it really gives Jacksonville's offense with him and Mike Glennon playing solid along with targets like DJ Chark out there. Uh, gives Jacksonville's offense a degree of bite there. So that, that's a really positive thing for them. For Minnesota, uh, their defense has been a, a little banged up all year long. It's been banged up. And th- they haven't looked great. Uh, offensively, they've looked better and better. You've seen Kirk Cousins kind of coming into his own a little bit. Um, admittedly, he looks better in <laughs> against bad opponents, which of course Jacksonville is. Um, likely Adam Thielen is back for this one. That's a huge thing. Justin Jefferson is looking like a number one receiver. He's looking great. And of course, Dalvin Cook is just running like crazy over everybody. So uh, Dalvin Cook looking like one of the, the best backs in the league. And Jacksonville's defense really can't stop anybody. They're not a great run defense. Um, In the pass defense category, they're maybe a little better, uh, but not much. You saw Jacksonville just get completely ran over uh, by Nick Chubb last week and and, and the Cleveland Browns. But I honestly could see this game playing out a little bit similar to what happened last week um, with with Cleveland and Jacksonville. I I just see Jacksonville sticking close in this one. uh, Minnesota's nine and a half point favorites. That's a lot of points to lay uh, with a team in Minnesota who, who just isn't that good. Their defense isn't that good. And Jacksonville... They have a pesky defense and a solid enough offense to hang in there. So in this one, I'm going to take the Vikings to win it uh, 27 to 26 over the Jags. And the Jags are nine and a half point underdogs. So we're definitely taking them to uh, cover that spread pretty easily. Uh, Cleveland at Tennessee. Uh, has anybody in the game been running better than uh, Derrick Henry recently. Derrick Henry has been looking stellar. Um, a lot of times you see a regression from somebody who takes as many carries as he's taken uh, last year and, and this year. Um, you know, Henry just seems to get stronger as the season goes on. But if there's anybody that's running stronger than Derrick Henry right now, it's the Cleveland Browns running back, Nick Chubb, who is just tearing it up. So you're seeing two, probably the two best pure running backs in this game going up against each other. And it probably comes down to whether Baker Mayfield or Ryan Tannehill can make more plays as a quarterback. I expect to see both running backs put up nice, nice numbers against weak uh, weak defenses. We're going to see Miles Garrett back in this one. I think that's a huge difference for the Cleveland defense. So maybe he gets a little pressure on Tannehill. But overall, you're looking at Tennessee with... Uh, A.J. Brown uh, and Corey Davis, they just have a little better weapons on the outside uh, in Tennessee than does Cleveland without OBJ. And, you know, Cleveland has a lot of holes in their secondary. Um, So I expect to see both run games cranking it up. I expect to see Baker Mayfield do all right because of that play action game and because uh, really Tennessee's secondary too uh, hasn't played that well um, at various times during the season. So um, maybe I expect to see Tannehill make one more play than, than does Baker Mayfield. In this one, I'm going to take the Titans to win it 29-26. to 26. 
So last week, you saw the Las Vegas Raiders get absolutely destroyed uh, by the Atlanta Falcons, and it felt like it was kind of out of nowhere. Uh, the Raiders just looked like a team that looked past an opponent. They just looked like a team that weren't mentally focused, mentally ready for the game. So I, I think that's what you were seeing there. And I think we basically have to just cast out that performance and say, yeah, um, sometimes there's days like that. So, you know, good for the Falcons uh, stepping up and and doing what they could there. That's wonderful. But I don't know if that's a true reflection of who the Raiders are. Uh, the New York Jets have been playing opponents uh, closer in recent times. Uh, at the beginning of the year, you saw them just really, really struggle and in this one, you could see them get healthier and healthier. They're finally getting some skill position guys back, and their offensive line is coming together. They got Sam Darnold under center again. So some positive developments uh, for the New York football Jets. But at the same time, uh, their their defensive backfield is banged up. You know, and they're going to be going up against Henry Ruggs and against Nelson Aguilar. And Derek Carr is looking to bounce back in this game. Believe me, the Raiders got embarrassed. John Gruden, Chucky, probably laid into his guys all week long uh, about their pitiful performance against the Falcons. So they heard about it all week long. They're a highly motivated team, and they're going up against one of the worst teams in the league. We've talked about it over and over this year, how bad the Jets are. And of course, that's a little overstated at this point because... The Jets have have put in more and more solid performances in recent memory, but in this one, they're eight and a half point underdogs, the Jets are, and, and you know, I think the Raiders can cover that, and I think they're going to be very motivated to do so. So while I, I expect to see the Jets offense play better than we've seen them in, in recent times, I expect to see the Raiders offense be highly motivated and go out and, you know, hang a few points up on the Jets. So we're taking the Raiders to win this one. I'm going to go 30 to 20 over the Jets, and the Raiders cover that eight and a half point spread. Okay, Indianapolis at Houston. Uh, the the big thing here is what happened in Houston. Bradley Roby suspended uh, over illegal substance use. Um, Will Fuller suspended over performance enhancing drug use. Um, so two guys for the Houston Texans that they really have been leaning heavily on uh, through through the first uh, 13, 12 weeks of the season. And you're seeing them go against an Indianapolis team that has a dominant defense. We don't know if DeForest Buckner is going to be back for this game. Um, it's a good question. I'm not sure. But either way, this is a really, really good Colts defensive stop unit, and you're going up against a team in the Texans who has had virtually no running game all year long. Now they lost their star wide receiver, and so Deshaun Watson's been playing over his head, and that's terrific, but I doubt that you'll see that continue against a really, really good Colts team. So I think you're going to see Deshaun, um, I, I wouldn't say struggle, but you know, it's going to be a hard thing for him to find open receivers in this game. Um, and so, you know, it's asking a lot of Brandon Cooks to single-handedly, uh, you know, get open and 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 do some uh, some things with the ball here. Because otherwise, what do you got? Uh, Kiki Kute? Um, this, is, this is not a great wide receiver core. You got Randall Cobb is out. Uh, Fuller with the suspension. So, you know, that's a bad spot. Then you got Indianapolis on offense. Phillip Rivers has been polarizing at various points. Their running game has come and gone. Um, they, they've been up and down. And I expect to see that continue. 
their running game here can probably do very well because you're going up against a Houston team that's still one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. No, no doubt about that. So Houston's going to struggle to stop the run. So whether that's Naheem Hines or Jonathan Taylor, I'm not really sure it matters. I don't see Indianapolis's uh, passing game getting going to a huge extent because Rivers has a hard time connecting with wide receivers. So that's something to monitor. But I, I really think you're going to see Indianapolis win this game, but it's probably maybe going to be a low-scoring game. I'm going to take the Colts to win this one. I'm going to say 20-16 to 16 over the Texans. The Texans um, are three-and-a-half-point underdogs, so we're taking the Indianapolis Colts here to cover that three-and-a-half-point spread and get the victory there as well. Uh, let's talk about the New York Giants at the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks obviously beat up on a Philadelphia team that's quite inept. Um, last week, we saw that, and the Giants barely escaped, uh, escaped <laughs> a victory there over the Cincinnati Bengals, the, the Joe Burrow-less Bengals. Um, they survived it. Now, the Giants are 9.5-point underdogs in this one, and I like the Giants quite a bit, and I'll tell you why. Uh, not because we're, we're not sure about Daniel Jones. Let's We'll see about him. But I really like what Wayne Gallman has been doing on the offensive side of the ball. And defensively, I feel like all year long, the Giants have been a little underrated. Not to mention the fact that Russell Wilson tends to play down to his competition to a certain degree. I don't think the Giants are a good team, and I fully expect to see Seattle win this game. I'm not saying they won't. And in fact, I mean, Russell Wilson plus DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, we've said it all year long. That's a cheat code. That's amazing. But Seattle struggled to get a good run game going. Uh, the Giants have a good run defense, and they have a defense that's that hasn't given up all year long. They've tried hard. They've continued to hold their own defensively. So I think you're going to probably continue to see that in this one. You're not going to see Seattle explode like they have in some other games this year. And so I'm taking the Seahawks to win this one, uh, 27 to 24 over the Giants. Giants are nine and a half point underdogs. A lot of that might have to do with the fact that Daniel Jones hurt his hamstring. We don't know if he's going to be back for this one. Could be Colt McCoy. And if it's Colt McCoy, yeah, I can understand that nine and a half point spread. Um, I'll still take the Giants, even if it's Colt McCoy, because I believe they'll just hang in there just by a little bit. But if this is Daniel Jones, I really expect to see the Giants push Seattle to the brink there. So we'll see what happens in that one. Let's talk Los Angeles Rams at Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Rams are a team that has really suffered from the loss of left tackle Andrew Whitworth. You've seen that uh, particularly against San Francisco. They really struggled there. Uh, the Cardinals don't have a great pass rush, but you could see that continue to, to play in there. Uh, Jared Goff has been very inconsistent game to game this year, and so it's tough to say which Jared Goff is going to show up. One thing that's been constant, though, the Rams' defense has played very, very well. Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald always get the rest of their guys to show up, and they're very assignment sure and play their roles very well. So the Rams' defense will play well, and yet uh, Kyler Murray kind of due for a bounce back in this one, and I feel like you're going to see that happen. Uh, you got Larry Fitzgerald coming back for this game. That's going to be very important for Arizona. DeAndre Hopkins, last week you saw him shadowed by Stephon Gilmore, and you saw Bill Belichick in his defensive scheme really get Kyler off his, off his game a little bit. I expect to see Kyler play a little better in this one, although the Rams' defense is very stout as well. 
So I expect to see the Rams win this one. I think that Jared Goff is a very talented quarterback. He's able to put things together. I don't think Arizona's stop unit is that intimidating. So I'm going to take the Rams 30, Cardinals 28. Uh, But with that said, the Rams winning straight up, Arizona going to cover that two and a half point spread. Uh, New England at the Los Angeles Chargers is our next game. Uh, New England has played up and down this year. They're five and six this season. Uh, Cam Newton looked really bad last game and he struggled to connect with his weapons all day long. And yet uh, they did manage to pull out the victory over the Cardinals. Um, this week they're going up against the Los Angeles Chargers. Now the Chargers are a team that has managed to just find a way to lose a lot of games, although they've looked kind of impressive at times. Um, you know, young, young quarterback there, uh, for the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Herbert is an excellent player. He's a good playmaker as a quarterback. And that's something that I think you'll continue to see from him. The big problem here for Herbert and for the Chargers is that Bill Belichick, as we just talked about against Kyler Murray, he knows how to scheme against a young quarterback. He's going to do the same thing here. Um, And he's got good weapons to use at his disposal now. Stephon Gilmore, uh, you know, more and more is looking like the defensive player of the year that we saw last year. And uh, New England's starting to develop a little bit of a pass rush. So I, th- I think that the Patriots team, as happens every year, they're maximizing their talents uh, when it's when it's really time to start playing for that playoff push. And that's what you're seeing. This is a New England team that knows how to win against a Chargers team who knows how to lose. And that's really how I'm seeing this matchup right now. I am going to take the Patriots to win this one 24 to 20 over the Chargers. Patriots are one and a half point underdogs, but yeah, I definitely see them winning straight up and beating the spread. Philadelphia at Green Bay is our next matchup, and I don't know that there's more of a slam dunk in this week's activities than this game right here. Now, there are many reasons for that, but the primary reason we're talking about is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers against this Philadelphia secondary is a total mismatch, and it's getting worse day by day because Rodgers continues to get his weapons back. Alan Lazard opens everything up for Rodgers, and you're looking at Devontae Adams uh, having a career season, playing as good as any wide receiver in football right now, and this Philadelphia secondary is just weak. Um, Philadelphia matches up poorly with Green Bay. They have a great front four, but Green Bay uh, has a very good pass protecting line. I'm not saying Green Bay is going to be able to run the ball uh, super effectively, although, you know, you never know when Aaron Jones is going to go off. Uh, So I think Green Bay's offense projects to put up a lot of points. Meanwhile, you have a mistake prone Carson Wentz going up against a very good pass defense with the Green Bay Packers, headlined by Jair Alexander. This Green Bay defense has had more and more pass rush in recent times. So Rashawn Gary's really coming on, and you got Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. And so Green Bay, it just looks like a a mismatch on both sides of the ball. The only way to beat the Packers right now is to be able to run the ball effectively, keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands, and pressure him. And those are all things that Philadelphia is not really going to be able to do in this one. And I'm seeing the Packers winning this one. I'm going to say 33 to 13 over the Eagles. Packers eight and a half point favorites, according to ESPN's Pigskin Pick'em. So we're going to take the Packers to win this one straight up and to cover the spread. 
Denver at Kansas City. Denver hopefully will have a quarterback for this game. Um, that was the headline from last week. Um, but the quarterback they'll have is unfortunately still Drew Locke. Drew Locke, you know, he's shown potential. We know that he can be a good quarterback. Um, but on the other hand, this Kansas City defense has shown themselves to be opportunistic. They have been able to get a pass rush. You know, yeah, Denver will probably, you know, be able to run the ball a little bit with Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. No doubt about that. But Kansas City's defense will likely put the clamps on whoever is suiting up at quarterback for Denver. Meanwhile, there's no stopping Patrick Mahomes and there's definitely no stopping Tyreek Hill. So this Kansas City team, no matter in the last matchup here between Denver and Kansas City, Mahomes did not have a great performance and somehow Kansas City, I think they missed all of their third downs in that game, and yet they managed to hang 40 points on the Denver defense. Um, Denver does have a solid enough defense, and that's great, but I don't think it matters who you have when you're going up against Patrick Mahomes right now. For my money, I'm going to say that the Chiefs are the best team in football right now, and I see no signs of that stopping. Um, I don't think Denver has a prayer of winning this game. Uh, Denver's 13 and a half point underdogs. Normally, I, I don't like to take the team that is that high, highly favored. But um, in this one, I'm going to make an exception because Kansas City is just overwhelmingly that much better than Denver. So I'm saying the Chiefs 42, Broncos 17, Kansas City covering that 13 and a half point favorite spread. Uh, Washington at Pittsburgh. The Washington football team has played better in in recent weeks. In fact, uh, last Thursday, you saw them play very, very well against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, More on the Cowboys side of the ball on that one later. But one thing that you see with Washington is they have legitimate weapons. Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson are good players offensively. They're both capable of breaking a long gain. And, you know, McLaurin attacks the football, runs great routes. He's a great player. Alex Smith is, he's playing decent football. I'm not saying he's been amazing, but he's playing decent football. So the Washington offense is decent. They're going up against a Steelers stop unit that is extraordinary. So, you know, don't expect to see Washington put up a lot of points in this one. As far as the Steelers go, the Steelers are in an interesting spot because they basically mailed it in against the Ravens. I think everybody kind of saw that. Um, but the Steelers played down to their competition. This happens a lot. They played down to their competition when we were talking about the Cowboys. You saw it last week. And in this one, um, Washington has a really good front four. We're always talking about that front four on the Washington football uh, team's defense. And I think, you know, they're capable of getting some pressure on the quarterback. They're capable of stopping the run. Uh, their defensive backfield has played very, very well this year. The Steelers might struggle a little bit. Now, that said, the Steelers have very good weapons on the offensive side of the ball. You're not going to be able to keep them out of the end zone consistently. So, you know, the Steelers are going to get their touchdowns, but the Steelers are eight and a half point favorites in this one, and I like Washington to stick close with them. So I'm taking the Steelers to win this one. I'm saying Steelers 28, Washington football team 23, and I've got Washington covering that eight and a half point spread. Buffalo at San Francisco. A lot of teams are underrating the San Francisco 49ers right now. Now, you know, I admit that Nick Mullins is not as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. How much of a drop-off is it? Not as much as you'd think. 
Uh, without George Kittle in the lineup, their offense suffers. However, they've got Brandon Ayuk, they've got Debo Samuel, they've got Raheem Mostert, and they've got a very good offensive line. On the defensive side of the ball, with Richard Sherman back, you've got Sherman and Verrett on the outside. You've got a really nice defensive backfield, and you've got Fred Warner in the middle of that defense, one of the top middle linebackers in the game. In San Francisco, while they lack a pass rush and they lack an elite quarterback, every other part of their football team is playing really, really solid. So going up against a Buffalo team that's been inconsistent and that leans heavily on Stephon Diggs, their connection between Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Diggs will be eliminated in this game by Richard Sherman and Jason Verrett. And Buffalo's run game hasn't been that great. Josh Allen has had some high highs, but he's also been inconsistent. Buffalo's defense plays very, very well, but Kyle Shanahan will scheme to get points. And right now, this 49ers team is accelerating toward potentially that third wildcard spot. I really like San Francisco in this spot. I feel like they're a very underrated team right now. They're two and a half point underdogs in this game, but I'm going to go with San Francisco to win this one straight up. I'm taking the 49ers to win this one 26 to 24 over the Bills. Again, San Francisco two and a half point underdogs, so we're taking them against the spread. That brings us to our last game of the week, the Dallas Cowboys at the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens, hopefully, we're going to see them with Lamar Jackson back. How much of a difference does that make comparatively to RG3? Well, well, it makes a ton of difference, you'd think. On paper, it does. But Dallas, outside of this last uh, bad performance against the Washington football team, they've played people closer. And I think Baltimore continues to be very, very overrated because ever since they've lost Ronnie Stanley for the season, think about this, ever since they've lost Ronnie Stanley for the season, this is not the same Ravens team. They are not dominant without a dominant offensive line. Their running game hasn't looked the same. Lamar Jackson hasn't been in sync. And honestly, their defense has been beat up and able to be ran on. So I'm not saying, is Ezekiel Elliott going to have a big game? No, probably not. Uh, is Dallas going to be a great defensive matchup against the Ravens? No, and, and I I truly expect the Ravens to win, get healthier, and continue to accelerate towards the playoffs. But in this one, the Ravens are favored by 9.5 points. That is too many points to lay with a team that really hasn't been impressive for a few weeks now. So in this one, I expect to see the Cowboys stick close. Um, I expect to see Andy Dalton play smart. He's got great targets out there. Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper. Um, Expect to see maybe a good game from Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, this Dallas offense can score a few points against a, a Ravens defense. They might have a few pieces back. I don't know how much difference it makes. And as far as the Baltimore offense goes, I just they're too inconsistent. Their offensive line play has been too bad uh, in recent times to really put a lot of faith in them. So I think Lamar Jackson wills the Ravens to victory in this one. I'm taking the Ravens to win 19 to 16 over the Cowboys. But the Cowboys are nine and a half point underdogs, and we're taking the Cowboys to beat that spread. Let's talk briefly about 10 fantasy players that I like a little more than, than the experts this week. So again, these are not my favorite fantasy players of the week or my top fantasy players, just guys I like a little more than, than what most people do. 
So let's start at the tight end position. I like Robert Tunyon this week, uh, uh, tight end against the Philadelphia linebackers and safeties. Uh, Philadelphia struggled with the tight end position, and Rodgers has a burgeoning connection with Robert Tunyon. I like Michael Pittman uh, in the wide receiver department. I like Michael Pittman of the Indianapolis Colts to continue his ascension. He's still a rookie, and you see the improvement week to week. You see how much Phillip Rivers is trusting him more week to week. Houston down uh, Bradley Roby due to his suspension. So you're going to see Michael Pittman have a good week. Uh, I like Michael Thomas against the Atlanta secondary. I think that you've seen uh, that in the last matchup between Atlanta and New Orleans. You saw Michael Thomas have a very good game. Uh, that will likely continue. I like Brandon Brandon Cooks to have a good performance against Indianapolis. Reason being is because of that Will Fuller suspension. Cooks naturally is going to get a few more targets. Even though he's going up against Xavier Rhodes, I think a smart coach gets Cooks the ball in that game as much as they can. I like Wayne Gallman a ton against Seattle. Gallman has been looking better and better every week and they're going to need to lean on the run game whether or not Daniel Jones is in the lineup. If it's Colt McCoy, you want Wayne Gallman carrying your offense. If it's Daniel Jones, you want Daniel Jones not to have that pressure on him because of that hamstring injury, and so you give the ball more to Wayne Gallman. So I expect to see Gallman get a lot of touches. I like James White against the Jacksonville Jaguars. When the New England wide receivers are struggling, They like to get the ball to James White in the passing game. So I think you're going to see James White get uh, plenty of targets and maybe even a few carries against a weak Los Angeles Chargers run defense. I like James Robinson against the Minnesota Vikings. James Robinson has been the workhorse in Jacksonville all year long. That will, of course, continue as they have to lean on James Robinson since they only have Mike Glenn in there and they're going to need that run game to be strong if they want to hang in there against Minnesota. Uh, Robinson is just a guy that week to week, he always seems to outperform expectations and I think he'll continue to do that. Let's talk quarterbacks. There's three that I like this week. I like Derek Carr with a nice bounce back game. Uh, against the New York Jets. He was terrible last week, and I think Carr is is a consummate professional. He's going to put together a good game against the Jets. I like Taysom Hill against the Atlanta Falcons. I feel like you saw what he could do the first time against Atlanta. Don't see any reason why he doesn't do the exact same thing uh, this week against the Falcons. Aaron Rodgers is my last one. I love Aaron Rodgers in this spot against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that he might put up a historically good passing day against the Eagles. So stay tuned for that one. Well, thank you for listening. I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the NFL action. And I'll see you right back here for week 14. This has been NFL Picks with Gabe, an Everything Burrito production.